0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start off this month stating that the intended audience for this episode are pharmacy students or newcomers. So today we'll be talking about the 340B program. This program is a highly detailed program. So today we'll just be going over some of the basics and the brief overview and how there are some technologies out there that will help manage 340B services. So what is 340B? The 340B program is a rebate program that started in 1990 via the Medicaid Drug Rebate Program. So this program is a rebate program for medication purchases, and it was required as a condition for allowing Medicaid to cover manufacturer products. Basically, if manufacturers did not participate in this program, then Medicaid would not cover for patients who get their meds, and this could lead to a loss of market share and whatnot, which is bad for business. They function on something called the best price rebates, and what this means is that if an entity is qualified for the 340B program, they can be offered medications at a discounted cost equal to the best price that manufacturers offer to federally funded clinics and hospitals that serve low-income patients. It's kind of like looking at the manufacturers and being like, hey, what's the cheapest price you offer this at? Okay, then offer that same price to the 340B entities. So the oversight. So this program allows for entities to save money, which means this program is going to have some very strict oversight. The Office of Pharmacy Affairs, or the OPA, is the office that designs and enforces the objectives of the program. They assess the program risks and ensure that entities are compliant to the laws and regulations. Many hospitals will receive audits that check if the 340B program is being followed, And typically these audits are done by the Health Resources and Services Administration or otherwise known as HRSA. There's also some involvement from the Department of Health and Human Services or the DHHS. So who's actually eligible? There are six categories of entities that would be allowed to participate in the 342B program. They are as follows. So first is disproportionate share hospitals which are hospitals that have some sort of uh, patients that are low-income and some that are not. And um, children's hospitals exempt from Medicare prospective payments. And third is cancer hospitals exempt from Medicare prospective payments. And the fourth ones are the sole community hospitals in the defined area. The fifth ones are rural referral centers. And the last one are uh, critical access hospitals. And of these six categories, they still need to meet certain criteria in order to be actually eligible for the 340B program. There are three eligibility criteria in which these entities must meet at least one of the three. So one of them is they must be owned or operated under contract with state or local government or nonprofit. The second one is they are a public or private nonprofit corporation that is granted governmental powers by the state or local government, which means they aren't government, but they're acting like one. And third is they are a private nonprofit that has a contract with the state or local government to provide indigent care. So staying eligible. To stay within the program, like I said earlier, there are audits done by HRSA. The recertification must be done every year with the OPA, and failure to recertify would result in removal from the program. Something to note is that some of the DSH clinics will actually receive higher federal funds because sometimes they have many low-income patients and they can't operate without a loss. So these funds will come in and help the DISH clinics maintain operational, and this is pretty much called uncompensated care. In terms of what types of patients are eligible, they must follow a definition of an outpatient patient. This means there's an established relationship and this is documented via maintaining records. They must show that they are receiving services from a professional who is either employed by the qualified entity and the services they receive must be consistent with services for which federally qualified healthcare center lookalike status or grant funding has been provided to the entity. So what does all that mumbo-jumbo mean? Basically, they have to receive services from a place that's qualified to give it under the 340B rules. All right, so let's talk a little bit about contract pharmacies. So what are the role of contract pharmacies? Sometimes outpatient pharmacies can be contracted to the healthcare organization that will allow them to provide discounted medications to qualified 340B patients. They need to maintain all of their 340B medications they purchase, and it's up to the health organization they contracted with to keep track of the contract pharmacies to make sure they're following the rules. If the contract pharmacy is violating this by using 340B discounted medications for non-qualified patients, the healthcare organization that they were contracted with is actually the one who's going to be get, getting in trouble with HRSA, not just the pharmacy. So let's talk about some informatics considerations. So, how can we use technology to ensure 340B regulations are met? A lot of this has to do with inventory management and separating out virtual inventories when needed. A health organization may have multiple contracts with their supplier or vendor, and one can be a regular wholesale account, another one can be a group purchasing account or GPO, and another one can be for their 340B. So it can sometimes be very difficult to keep a physical inventory of separation for all three contracts, and to keep that in check. So there are some software applications that help with this by keeping what's called a virtual inventory. So software like Verity Solutions, Macrohelix, and 342B Optimizer would take the data in the purchasing action and split it up into three virtual inventory locations in the database based on the qualified patient distribution in the hospital. And then this would be sent to the vendor through the appropriate contract to ensure that the virtual inventory is being purchased at the right ratios. So this is done because a hospital can have a mixed usage, meaning some areas are outpatient that qualify for 340B, and some patients, um, and some areas are not, like the inpatient side. And the rules are that medications purchased through 340B can only be given to patients who qualify as outpatient, and the GPO ones can only be given to patients that are qualified in the inpatient definition. So these uh, software applications really help with keeping that in a virtual inventory, in a virtual environment. So there's uh, no need to do a physical separation of all the inventory. So why should you care? So for those of you who are listening as students or pharmacists who aren't in the informatics side or technology side yet, you might be wondering why should you even care? Well, if you're working in management, it may be your responsibility to manage the inventory for 34 4 to be met- purchased drugs. Some hospitals, this would be the responsibility of the department's director. If you are a pharmacist staffing, you would probably need to ensure that you are dispensing the correct medication because 342B is a coordinate effort with the whole pharmacy team. And if you work in a contract pharmacy, you'd also need to know the regulations and rules to maintain contract pharmacy status. All right, if you guys like this episode, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at Pharmacy IT our Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics, or you can send us an email at PharmacyITMe at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at TonyDowPharmD, and uh, you can visit our website at PharmacyITME.com. Also, I wanted to plug a great networking opportunity called Pharmacist Connect. If you are familiar with Microsoft Teams or Slack Workspace, think of it as a larger version one through the Slack workspaces. I've met some great colleagues on it, and there's even an informatics space within it as well. You can find out more by visiting PharmacistsConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy, IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.